What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Playconomics Behind the Business, episode two of our 10 cent series, where we are going to be breaking down the entire portfolio. We're going to be looking behind the curtain, under the hood, under the fingernails, rifling through the trash of 10 cent. If you like what you're hearing and you want to catch up on this series so far, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Go back and you watch last week's episode where we really opened the books. Flip back the pages on Tencent, got a peek into how they got started, their nefarious upbringings, and what their ultimate goals might be. But this week, we're talking all about Tencent. What they own. What what, what makes what Tencent, Tencent? What makes them money, right? Because we've been talking every week. Every week. Oh, Matt, Tencent bought something. Did you, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you, did Tencent bought something. What did they I'll, hang up the, I'll hang up the... They bought every week something new. So I said, what do, what do these dirty commies really own, right? Aside from everything. And uh, what I found was a shocking amount. Now, this I did cite from Wikipedia just as a scattershot top view of everything. Um... No, I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. I then immediately imported it into Google Docs. So I, I could work with it in a more usable fashion. But I want to take sort of the top hitters here. The company that Tencent owns 100%, and we're going to kind of work backwards. First of which being, and what I would say was up until the last two years, their biggest moneymaker, and that's Riot Games. Now, if you don't know what Riot Games are, that's because you're not 15 and you don't play League of Legends. But if they got Valorant, they do, right? And, we'll, and I'll touch on that in a second. So, Riot Games, League of Legends IP holders, for the longest time, that was their game, right? That was their own, the only game in town that Riot made was League of Legends. They've since expanded. In 21, Valorant dropped. Uh, a shooter that I actually think that I would love based on what it is, but I just can't bring myself to play. And they real purchased... Quick, real mm-hmm. quick, do you like Counter-Strike? I... How do I put this? From an outside perspective, I like the Overwatch aspects of Valorant more than okay. I care that it's Counter-Strike. Okay. I okay, think I like it because I'm like, it's oh, it's everything I like about Overwatch slowed down. So it's not as fast-paced. Like, it's a little more tactical. Interesting. Okay. Continue. Continue anyway. Anywho, so they, in 2011, purchased Riot Games for anywhere between $350 and $400 million, which by today's standards is nothing <laughs> when it comes to video game purchases. Now, since then... They have gone on to spin Riot Games into many different things. We saw um, the card game, uh, Legends of Runeterra. We saw Valorant. We're getting a fighting game. We're getting a lot of... uh, There was the Ruined King, which was like a tactical strategy game. We have a League of Legends show. But League of Legends was the biggest esport on the planet, most watched on Twitch, I would say, till the... 
battle royale boom really started yeah. right like once you know warzone PUBG, fortnite once that trend started taking off it was the mobas and at the center of that was league of legends right yeah so in that there's a couple things right because League of Legends, if you look into its player base in its heyday, was primarily played in Asian markets, right? Yep. It was it was big in South Korea. It was big in Japan. The, these were the places where, where Tencent was really booming. Obviously, the Americas as well, huge property, huge game. So for 350 to 400 million, that's, that's a steal purchase, especially when compared to today's standings. To me, looking at their 100% ownership is still what I would say their crown jewel. Now, in terms of other ownership, they have Funcom, which is a studio based out of Sweden. Uh, Norway, I'm sorry. They, they have a different one in Sweden. And, you know, they, they've made uh, Conan, the Bar uh, Conan the Barbarian, The Longest Journey. They, they've made a couple things, right? If we look at, uh, they have... Uh, Leu and Splash Damage and Splash Damage you might know because they've made uh, early Wolfenstein games. So, but of that top tier, right? That's where I'm looking. Riot Games is the first one where you're like, boom, that is that's a big hitter. That's going to make a seismic impact on the industry, and it has, right? Like we saw, um, obviously not with League of Legends, but. The minute a company like Tencent inserts themselves into that esports space, I mean, I, I forget the gentleman's name, but the free Hong Kong guy that they banned from the Overwatch tournament, right? Interesting. Weird that that is considered a controversial thing to say. But Riot Games, 100% ownership. Let's continue down the list here because I think what we'll find is as we go forward – the purchases get a little weird, right? Because a lot of the other 100% ownership stakes were made between 2019 and 2022, which is interesting because uh, we're in quite a bit of turmoil during those times. Uh, but, you know. That Things are on the cheap. I did want to make one point before. Sure. Before you go off of the Riot Games, we said a $350, $400 million deal mm -hmm. for 100% of Riot Games. Yep. In August, or in September, they made a $300 million investment to not even get all of Ubisoft. That's how good of a steal that was. Yeah, I mean, that was PlayStation buying Insomniac for, I think it was like roughly in this like 250 to $300 million. Yeah. Like in today's market, would you could you even imagine how much no someone would need to pay for League of Legends? An ungodly amount. Like you would, it, it would take Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo all to be like, okay, okay. You got thirty-five billion. You got fifty-five billion. We got seventy billion. Maybe we could get half. We've we've inflated the market. Yes. Right. The next big thing I want to touch on is Sumo Group. Now, Sumo Group is an interesting one because it was a much bigger price tag. It was for $1.27 billion that happened in November 2019. Sumo Group is based out of the UK, Tencent, 100% ownership. Sumo Group is in the same vein as a Embracer Group. You know, they, they have a bunch of subsidiary studios underneath them. They made Sackboy's Big Adventure. 
Nothing too notable IP-wise to really write home about, you know, when you've got League of Legends also in your portfolio. Yeah. To say that they got a lot of... They were able to stick their fingers in a lot of pies at once. Plus, it started cementing them in a Western economy, right? The, the, the theme that I want to make here is acquisitions westward, where they're doing this kind of fiscal manifest destiny thing. This is going to be a great clip where they are continually pushing 100% ownership stakes more and more into the West. Right, you don't you don't see them really going and taking big, full control chunks of places in Japan or South Korea. They've made investments there, but nothing where they kind of just swoop in and they say, "Hey, you guys, we're here now. We own you." Right. So they did Sackboy's Big Adventure. They've got a couple other things, but that's Sumo Group, right? That's Tencent looking at their portfolio and saying, we don't have what I would call like a, like a fork, right? Where it's one base with lots of points coming yeah, out, yeah. right? Then they cross the pond. And in 2021, they take, uh, December 2021, they take a full ownership stake of Turtle Rock, now, Turtle Rock is an interesting studio because it's led by a lot of people who were Counter-Strike, you know, big-time, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Tactical multiplayer shooter studios, right? A lot of Valve people, they started as Valve South, they went to Turtle Rock, a whole bunch of stuff. But American company that a Chinese entity, and I cannot stress this enough, and this is not a soapbox... An American company that a Chinese entity with almost a quarter of its workforce is directly tied to the government owns. Do you see the problem with that, Matt? I mean, I see your thought pattern. Like, I don't know if you've ever played Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. But in Psychonauts 2, you get this ability where it's called Train of Thought. Where you go into somebody's head, you see the first thought, and then you have to chain that together with different thoughts until you get there. So I'm seeing your full chain, and I'm seeing how what you're saying is that a company that has, let's just round it to 25% of their um, workforce. workforce, directly reports, directly involved with this political party, which for play economics purposes states we find problematic that company <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> that company picks up a u.s other company purchase 100 percent of it and now those reports are going directly to the chinese government is the train you were making and i agree Correct. definitely problematic and you can notice a pattern of their purchases, right? Turtle Rock was the company behind Left 4 Dead. Yeah. They then made uh, Evolve, which wasn't, you know, uh, well-received. Then they made Back for Blood, which was softly received. The point to say is their big initiative push was IPs, products, and platforms that encourage play and in sort of... Uh, cannot be played solo, right? Their product hook was if 
you want this, you have to call through your friends to also play this with you, right? Shrewd business, right? Not unlike a, you know, two versions of Pokemon type thing where it's like... uh, What app are you calling them on? Oh, WeChat. (laughs) And as Um, long as you're you're not um, disparaging the Chinese government in any way. So Turtle Rock, I find at this point, from an American perspective, their most problematic portfolio, you know, member. Just because, again, Turtle Rock isn't setting the world on fire with any of its IPs or anything like that. But it's like, a, hey, you've got a, you got a foothold here where maybe you shouldn't, right? And I've gone on my diatribes about the Saudi government as well. Yes, yeah. Right? Next we have, and we're kind of going out of order here, we have Bluebird Team. We're heading back over. Now, Bluebird Team is not a 100% investment, but Bluebird Team is a 22.5% investment. And sizable, right? That was in January of 21. I bring up Bluebird Team because they are the cat's pajamas right now with uh, Silent Hill 2 remake. Mm -hmm. So, hey... Every copy of Silent Hill 2 sold after Sony takes its rip because it's a PlayStation exclusive. Konami takes its rip. Up, up, up. Tencent is going to get a piece of that money. And it's going to be a huge game because everybody likes Silent Hill, right? Yeah. So I... Th- Silent Go Hill ahead, Mobile. sir. Silent Hill Mobile. Do you hear it? Because I hear it. I don't hear it. God forbid. We then have... We're going to go sort of flip the page back over to their... Large-scale investments. Now, this is where they continue down this track of uh, multiplayer-centric platforms that are encourage play. And man, if there was ever a game that a predatory mega corporation could kind of hone in on, make a sizable investment to say, hey, we love what you guys are doing. The whole timer comes up and you have to pay us to keep playing your game. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh. Clash of Clans. <laughs> okay, the company is Supercell, and Supercell, I I would say Supercell is the Riot Games of mobile, where they have Clash of Clans. That's their bread and butter. But they also then go out and they make uh, Clash Royale. They make a card game. They they sort of have spun this IP in a couple different directions. Eighty four percent investment is controlling ownership ostensibly despite not being 100%. That's, you know, anything over 51 is controlling. Yep. Based in Finland. So again, we're still in that Western Eurocentric area where this fiscal infection, if you want to call it, is spreading. Yes. And that's that's there, right? Then we come to most recently... As we kind of change the tactic a little bit, because what we've seen is them sort of say, all right, we've made our big purchases. Now it's time to start chipping away and just, you know, doing the thing where you go to the casino and you're playing roulette like they've they're done putting everything on red. Now they're doing oh, I'm going to put a couple couple nickels here couple dimes here you know that thing those real fancy roulette players where they put on like the the cross or it's like oh if any of these hit right above the line below the line this is where they start to get fancy with a lot of little investments and let's start with the one that hurts me 
Ubisoft. Right. And I and I said this because this is them changing fiscally, but also I would I would say changing creatively because now they're starting to focus on more single player based things. Mm-hmm. Where Ubisoft is a company that makes open world games. Uh, two of their biggest franchises are games set in a part of history. No way that can go wrong for a com- for a company in a country where certain aspects of time travel are not allowed in public media because that would get people to start thinking about time in China before the Communist Party forming. That's a real statement. That's a real thing that happens. Seems fine. No way that can go wrong. <laughs> also, also... Their second, Ubisoft's second biggest pillar piece of content happens to be a series of games with flawed, you know, charismatic, scene-stealing villains with revolution and conflict kind of at the center. I mean, again, the thought bubbles are there and they're connecting. Right? Just a thought. Just an idea. That's Ubisoft. Then they go and they scoop up 16 and a quarter percent of my beloved, dearest, FromSoft. <laughs> Bloodborne Mobile, baby. No, Blood no, no. Bloodborne Mobile. Listen, listen. I'm going to immediately go and change my PSN name to Taiwan is a real country. And just see how long that flies. All right. So this is where you start seeing them move into more single-player-based things, right? They've also got 3% of Remedy in Finland again. Remedy made uh, Control, fantastic game. Yep. Uh, control, something the Chinese government is big on. They want to make sure they're like, oh, a game all about Control? We want in. Right? Those are some of the. That was a stretch. (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) So we, what we in the biz, what we in the biz call a ha ha. Yeah. Okay. Now, they also have minor investments in Discord, in Roblox, but these are undisclosed amounts in Platinum Games. Right. Their tentacles are far-reaching. But I wanted, and you asked me as we kind of go into the back half of the episode here, you wanted me to devil's advocate here. I did. And kind of look at their portfolio and do two things. Give it a fair shake. And I think I can do that in two ways. Matt, you're a man of finance. You have an MBA. I do. I've seen it, or at least I've seen a piece of paper, much like baby pigeons. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to college. It's in Latin. Birds aren't real. I'll never know. Uh, (laughs) Matt, when Tencent IPO'd, they IPO'd for $1.37. Let's round that down to $1. I wish I would have bought it. (laughs) And right before somebody ate a bat... In February 2021, Tencent was valued at $99.1. Let's call it 100 to make math simple. When did they IPO? They IPO'd in, I can tell you exactly, November 5th, 2008. 
and their peak was February 12th, 2021. So you went from $1 roughly IPO to a $100 at its peak. Basic math. Matt, what percent increase is that? Uh, 99%. Let's call it 100 just for shits and giggles. No, 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 technically, technically, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Because somebody without an MBA would say that would be a 100% increase. A 100% increase would be a $1 to two hundred. No, is a 100% increase on $1. Mm-hmm. A $1 to so a... It's a 1,000% increase. No, it's like millions. Like, it's a huge percent. Because from one to two is a hundred percent, from two to three is two hundred percent, and it just doubles every single time. It's a ridiculous growth. I am. I apologize to everyone for saying that it was a hundred percent, because that is grossly understating how impressive and how valuable a one to a hundred percent increase is, because it's a metric shit ton of cash. Right. So there's your devil's advocacy. Uh, I want to say I'm right. Hold on. What? This is live right now. Percent. Yeah, we can, me? Yeah, we can cut this if you want. What percent of 100 is? Hold on. Oh, okay. Percent increase from 1 to, to 100. You're saying 100. it's 1,000? Hold on. Percentage? We're going to get to percentage. Initial value, 1. Final value, 100. It's it's a nine hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred uh, percent increase. So I was right; it was a thousand. So almost ten thousand. Almost ten thousand. Yeah, cool. Right? It was a big ass increase. Uh, so just for fun, right? If the increase was that, uh, can I do this backwards? One, let's say we put in. 500 bucks and we wanted to increase it at 900 9900 uh you'd have uh 50,000 for 50 bucks for 500 for 500 initial investment listen listen if i could take 500 dollars and in 10 years 13 years turn it to 500,000 I'll take it mm-hmm. for 50,000. I'll take it to the bank every day. So what if you were a real baller back in, uh, you know, ye old 2008, you really knew how to play your cards right when the Lots recession of, went sideways. Lots of ballers in 2008. What if you could put down, I don't know, 10 stacks? What would you get? 10K. 1 million. So, my devil's advocacy is, eh, maybe if you were smart and you knew how to play, you know, the communist nonsense against them, you could have made some money off of them. Hold on, hold on. Going back to the first episode, Bobby, who did we say owned a, almost a, a very large minority stake? South Africans. South Africans. When did they purchase it? 2001, so it was before it went public. Okay. Right. Imagine what they got that at. Correct. So there's my one devil's advocacy is uh, if you smelled which way the wind was blowing early, you could have gotten in. And if you knew where the tides were heading, you could have gotten out at the top. Right. Yep. Now, 10 cents back at like 25 bucks. If you did, if you waited, you lost your shirt. Yeah, that's a big loss. But 
You ask me, hey, Bobby, look at their content table. Tell me what's ripe for a comeback. Listen. Here's your obvious ones. Give me a splinter cell. Right? I'd take a cool. Cell. I doubt Tencent wants a game about, uh, you know, highly trained American operatives stopping foreign <laughs> terrorism. I mean, you could put a new coat of paint on that. The two, the two biggest happy pieces are that more Riot spinoffs. Again, I don't know why it's taking them this long. And more Supercell spinoffs. Right, keep spinning that cash, uh, Clash of Clans wheel and League of Legends wheel, or just come up with something new as much as you can. Yep. There's all of the fair shine I'll give to Tencent. Right. Would you say that developing mobile games from their existing like big name IP, their like console and PC IP, would be a good idea? For example, if they were to make like take one of their FromSoft properties and turn it into if a you game. say the words bloodborne mobile matt you will watch me <laughs> jump out that i'm just i'm just saying that because i'm backwards on window. date of recording on date of recording oh yeah 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 that was horrific Bobby this morning did send me a leaked image that in all fairness said this is not real but but <laughs> imagine if they made bloodborne 2 and it was for mobile and it wouldn't I, be Bloodborne 2, it would be Bloodborne Mobile. Blood, whatever. All I tweeted back to Bobby, and I got no response. Oh no, I think you actually told me that you were going to kill yourself and that the mm-hmm. money is in the, the, yeah, in take the take yard. Yeah, take, take care of the wife, the money's buried in the yard. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've, I've done all I need to do here. I messaged him where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, So something's coming. Something's coming. As we round down the 10 cent portfolio breakdown, here are the key takeaways I'd like for the audience to sit with, right? Tencent has been playing this game for a long time, right? They see the value in equal parts of making complete purchases of studios that have uh, large multiplayer bases, right? If they could, they'd buy Fortnite. If they could, they'd invest more in PUBG, but what they're also doing is a fiscal whitewashing and pushing west. Yep. And maybe you don't give a shit about Valve or Turtle Rock or any of that. And that's fine. One day, and by the time you wake up and realize it, it'll be too late. Because they'll have bought something you actually care about. Yeah, I- I feel like everyone doesn't really understand how close we came to them owning Call of Duty. Like, (laughs) that was a real thing. That was a real, like, for as much bitching and complaining as we've, oh, ABK, ABK, I'm tired of talking about ABK. At least it wasn't Tencent. At least it wasn't the Saudis. Better than Tencent. Right? Better than the Saudis. Um, My key takeaways from this episode and this portfolio is a similar track that we went down in the last episode where they are a huge fan of the if you can't beat them, join them. Buy them, copy them. If you can't join them, buy them. Yep. They either make a direct one-to-one, I don't want to say knockoff because they still are high quality. Like, they're not knockoffs. A very similar product Mm-hmm. Or they just outright buy the video game studio. Or they just get a piece of it. And it's just, no matter what it is, 
no matter what product or offering or type of game you want to play, Tencent has it for you. Correct. And as we bring this to a close and we go into the next couple of weeks here, which we'll be talking about Tencent in the present, right? Yep. A, a look at their current business, right? And obviously going from a $100 stock to a 27 and change stock over the last two years is something we're definitely going to touch on. So stay tuned for that. Is, as I mute my phone here, I apologize. Can you name a company other than Activision Blizzard and and Embracer Group? They're the only two I could think of with this many subsidiary studios. If you can, leave them back down in the comments, right? Because we can't. And it's only growing by the day. Only growing by the day. Yep. So with that said, if you like this episode, if you want to keep up with the rest of the 10 cent series, hit that subscribe button down below on YouTube, that follow button on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a good review. Let us know what you think. We always appreciate it. Follow us on Facebook. I don't know why I said Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, be real, Snapchat, WeChat. Uh, what was the other Chinese one? QQ. QQ. And invest wisely. Don't be a communist. And uh, remember, as always, happy game. Wa- get- I'm we were so, so close. I'm so we were so close. We're, we're so co- of we're course we are. There's no version of this timeline where we don't. I'm so embarrassed. Try it again. And remember, as always, happy gaming. <laughs>